It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on the Monday edition here on the Guy Benson Show. Got back late last night. It was definitely a journey to get back to D.C. from Idaho. I was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, doing an event for the Washington Policy Center. They had a retreat across the border. My first time ever in Idaho. We talked about this last week. 48 states now and counting for yours truly. And it was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. There was some smoke from some fires, but it wasn't too bad. The weather was nice. The lake is huge and beautiful. Cool resort. In fact, when I went to the pool on Saturday, I had some downtime earlier in the day before my presentation, so I decided to go and do something. So I asked at the front desk, hey, do you guys have a pool? I had a book. I figured I'd do some reading. They said, oh, yeah, it's uh, over at our other property across the lake. You can take the shuttle or you can take the boat. And I thought to myself, well, I have to take the boat. How do I not take the water taxi to the pool? That sounds pretty awesome. They also had a golf course at this resort where one of the holes was on an island, a man-made island in the middle of the lake, so just off of the rest of the course. And I guess they're pretty famous for it. You could see it from the pool. They had an infinity pool. And then I actually went swimming in the lake itself. Anyway, fabulous time. Everyone was very friendly. I do want to shout out some Fox fans that I bumped into at the airport. There's a woman at United Airlines who helped me at the desk when I was going from Indianapolis to Idaho, where I was in a, a tight squeeze, might have missed a connection, and she helped me. turned out that she was a Fox fan. Some folks at the resort were also Fox fans. So we always just appreciate you guys watching, and it's so cool and fun and rewarding to be able to travel again and go out of the New York, D.C. little corridor and meet viewers. It's just a very rewarding thing. But then the journey back was an all-day experience because you had to take a car from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, to Spokane, Washington, then the flight from Spokane to Denver, layover in Denver, and then on to D.C., and you lose time zones the whole way, right? So you lose a time zone going to Denver, then you lose two time zones coming to D.C., and then with a slight weather-related delay, all of a sudden you land and it's midnight. But it is great to be home. Producer Christine, do you have any burning questions, curious Christine style, about the Idaho trip, or shall we move on to the travails at your daughter's summer camp in New Jersey? Oh, no, I have questions. We'll, we'll hold that masking story for a second. Now, you said you went into the lake. I can imagine that water temperature not being the warmest. Was it comfortable, or did you just do it because you felt like you were there, so you had to jump in the lake? I would say it was cold but comfortable, because I had been in the Atlantic Ocean over July 4th up in Cape Cod. That was much colder. At least it felt much colder. Like this lake, I mean, it was not exactly super warm, but I didn't dip my toe in and say, oh, gosh, I can't do it. And also, if it's even a little bit cold, the best way to do it is to just jump in rather than slowly extending the pain as you walk deeper and deeper and you're sort of on pins and needles and then it's getting up above your knee and then it's coming to your trunks. At some point you just have to close your eyes, dive in, get your head wet and then your body adapts and it's comfortable. Cause it was a hot day, very sunny. And so I liked that. I just couldn't stay in the water long, not cause it was too cold, but because I only had a little bit of relatively weak sunscreen and I did not want to burn cause I can burn relatively easy cause I'm very pasty. Now, this area, you know this is like a housing boom. Like, the market is crazy over there right now. I know of so many people, not firsthand, but a lot of things that I've read, a lot of celebrities, a lot of my housewives have been buying property there and building homes. Is this something that we can think about for, you know, future vacation house? Well, and do you mean like we as in the two of us? Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, going in on a vacation yeah, sure. house? Yeah, I'm. Well, so I, I don't 
don't know if I, I mean, I, I didn't say I would go in on it. Well, okay. Oh, you yeah, want sure, me. We'll think about you it. You want me to get a house <laughs> that you have access to. I see. Correct, um, correct. It, look, it's very beautiful, and you're right. There's a ton of people moving to Idaho and to Montana, they were telling me. And some of them are worried because they're people coming from California. They're saying we want them to sign a pledge that they're not going to vote the way that California votes. But, yeah, it's, these are attractive places in terms of a business climate and quality of life and all this other stuff. It's extremely affordable compared to many other places. Uh, and I really thought that the lake was beautiful. People were out on their boats and their jet skis, and I saw people parasailing and tubing. It looked really fun. It's just, as I said, a very long trip to get there, especially the return trip. It's just not easy. If I lived up in the Northwest, I think I'd probably spend a fair amount of time there. But that's just a long schlep. And, I mean, that's just geography, right? It's nothing against the location or the people. I would just have to be located closer to it, I think, to seriously consider that as a vacation option on any regular basis. And just because you're in Idaho, I have to ask, you know, what kind of dishes? Were the, the French fries good? Was, was the food good? What kind of potatoes did you potatoes, have? Potatoes, yeah. So I had two types of potatoes. I had fries, actually, at the, at the pool. I got a sandwich and fries, and the fries were really good. And I don't think I'm just inventing that. And it's like my brain telling me, you're in Idaho, so these are good French fries. They were really good. Then I had some mashed potatoes with my dinner as well. And I had some local trout for dinner. So I tried Ooh. to eat some of the stuff that they're known for. And it was really good. We had a great time. And just, again, hats off to the folks that I met out there and in my travels. And with all that said, after two weeks on the road, New York, Indiana, Idaho, I'm happy to be home. Only for a couple days because end of the week, I'll be doing the show from Texas, which I'm also pretty excited about. But just I need to enjoy being home with Adam and Roy, our dog. It's just it's nice. Just take a deep breath. Although I got in so late last night, I haven't really been able to enjoy it yet. So after the show tonight, we're going to go grocery shopping. Roy's got a little vet appointment, so we'll take him over there together. And then we might do a little watching of Ted Lasso this evening, hypothetically. So that will feel nice when we get around to it. Now let's shift, though, because I want to make sure before we run out of time, Mm. we had talked about this previously. I believe... Even during a home stretch, your daughter's in a summer camp. They were forcing them to wear masks indoors. She was feeling ill or even dizzy one day because it was so hot in this gymnasium. Now there's the Delta variant, and we're having this big debate again over kids and masks, and there's really almost no scientific data whatsoever supporting putting young kids in masks. It just doesn't make any sense. A lot of those debates are surrounding the question about mask policies going into the school year, the academic year starting in August and September. But at your daughter's summer camp, you said there's been an update in their policy and one that you are not excited about. We are fully back to being fully masked. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Indoors, outdoors, from the minute I drop Megan off at her camp, the minute I pick her up, she is in a mask. Now, they did tell me due to that, they're going to limit their time outside since it is so hot out, which was really not what I was hoping for. No. Um, and honestly, I would pull her out at any time, but she seems to be, I mean, because kids adapt and they adjust much better than we as adults do. She seems to be okay with it. And she, she made friends, so she wants to go to camp. I have to say, Guy, I mean, I know we talked about it a lot today. We've talked about it, you know, over the past few weeks. We're going to see a lot more people masking and a lot more demands on people to mask up again. I noticed I took Megan to the library on Friday, and her and I walked in, and before I could even get to the section of where the children's books were, I had a lady come right at me, and she's like, excuse me, ma'am, you need to be wearing a mask, and so does your child. And I said, no, 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 I'm fully vaccinated. You know, no big deal. I wasn't even trying to be rude about it. I was just explaining. Maybe she didn't realize. I said, I have my card if you want to see. She's like, no, it doesn't matter. She said, so either you can leave the library or I will go find you a mask. You know, they had the disposable. She goes, and then next time, please, you need to come in here with a mask. Ah, So the, the librarians can now scold people for being too loud and for not wearing masks. That's fun. But I just... I have to say, it drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely nuts 
thinking about the so-called logic that goes into this decision made by adults to force children, young children, your daughter's eight, in summer camp to wear masks at all times, including outdoors, and their solution, because it's hot out and the mask might make it hard and uncomfortable to breathe, their solution is, well, let's just keep them indoors more, as opposed to outdoors and playing where it is exceptionally safe. Outdoors is a very safe place to be vis-a-vis COVID for everyone of any age, especially young children. It's like exactly the opposite of what they should be doing is what they've done. And it's this grip of hysteria. And I'm not someone who's downplayed the severity of COVID. I've been all over it from the very beginning. We talked about this today at the very start of the show, as a matter of fact. But where I start to lose my mind, and I feel like it's been an ongoing process now on some of this stuff, is hearing stuff like this from you. Where they're having kids at summer camp, young children masked at all times, including outdoors, and then having them be outdoors less because it might be the type of environment where they'd want to take their masks off so they're going to keep them inside, even though they are safe as young children to begin with and safer still when they're outside, and so they're putting masks on them and keeping them inside. It's just uh, we're out of time, but I, I can't justify that at all. And if I were a parent, if I were in your position, I don't know what I would do because I know you had prepaid, you've been sort of battling back and forth with them, but it's madness. It has to stop, but I think you're right. I think it's going to ramp up. I think we're going to have a lot of these fights heading into the school year. And if past is prologue, we're going to have a lot of adults making really stupid anti-science decisions in the name of safety, when in fact it will be not safer and it will not be pro-science. All right, we're out of here. Back here tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of The Guy Benson Show. Have a great night. We'll talk to you then. stretch on the guy benson show last night i got in and turned on the tv and was able to catch the medal ceremony for an american who had won the gold medal her name is lydia jacoby she's now a sensation she shocked the world by winning gold in the women's 100 meter breaststroke upsetting several other competitors she's 17 years old She's from Alaska, Seward, Alaska, population 2,700. I've actually been to Seward, Alaska, believe it or not. A small community where apparently there was only one pool in the whole state that was the correct size for this event. And that's where she trained. She trained against competition that was not as elite as you might expect for an Olympian. And the competition would just be different and more intense if she lived in the lower 48 in general. I think that's generally understood. But she came out of nowhere and won the gold. So I watched as she and a fellow American who won the bronze stood on their podiums. They have to put their own medals on now because of COVID. That's while wearing a mask. I think some of this is very silly. But nevertheless, she has her gold medal and then... The American flag rose and the anthem played, and it was really inspiring. And they had a live shot of her family watching, and they all stood in place during the anthem. And to just put yourself in those shoes and thinking back to being 17 years old, more than half a lifetime ago in my case, and to burst onto the scene and come in first place, under the brightest lights, it's just incredible. And there was a watch party, I believe at her high school. There was a lot of students gathered in one place watching the race. And someone on social media, through the Team USA account, and this went everywhere, synced up the very end of this race to the reactions of these students who were rooting for her in Alaska Here's what it sounded like on the NBC telecast, cut 27. 
King is behind. Schumacher is a bubble in lane four with a slight lead. And then you've got Jacoby. Jacoby up there in lane three. Jacoby. Challenging Schumacher. We've got 10 meters left. Lydia Jacoby, the 17-year-old from Alaska, is putting on the surge of her career. And Lydia Jacoby is going to win gold from the United States. And I tweeted the video where they synced it up with her victory and then these kids watching. And it was just goosebumps raising. You had these teenagers, first of all, just flipping out in general, jumping around, yelling, rooting her on, and you can hear it in the broadcaster's voice. The analyst just yells, Jacoby, like she just turned on these afterburners and surged into the lead, never lost the lead. And when she touches the wall of the pool and solidifies her gold, and the graphic shows up on the screen with the American flag and then her name in first place, these kids go absolutely crazy. I mean, they are just leaping into each other's arms. Everyone is jumping up and down in this little community in Alaska. This is the essence of the Olympic Games. This is what makes this type of competition so exciting and so inspiring. Just the absolute unmitigated thrill for her whole community rooting so intensely for her and then the outpouring of joy when she won that was just awesome and she stood there with her hand on her heart as the anthem played i don't know how i could have kept it together i saw the british diver tom daly he won his first gold the other day and as god save the queen played he was just crying And that would probably be my reaction under those circumstances. But it was just amazing to watch. Congratulations to Lydia Jacoby, 17. And everyone rooting for her across the whole country, especially, shout out, to Seward, Alaska. Now, Team USA has had a few setbacks as well. Like The basketball team, the men's basketball team, lost to France. How does that happen? We talked about the women's soccer team and their shutout loss to Sweden. There's also an extremely prominent swimmer, Katie Ledecky, who came in second place when she was the heavy favorite to win. People are like, oh, she can't possibly lose. Then she, well, she didn't really lose, but she didn't win the gold. In fairness to her, she had one of her best times ever in that event. It just wasn't quite good enough. Someone else beat her. It happens. But the U.S. medal count is pretty good and growing. I saw that we were just ahead, last I checked, of China. That may have changed because the time zones are all different. It's all ongoing. But certain events and certain medals, like there was a skateboarder who I think who choked on Team USA, and it's tough. I mean, it's tough to watch. You're, of course, rooting for our fellow Americans, And then there was the head-scratcher, and this is making the huge headlines. I mean, this is the biggest story of the day on the Olympics. Simone Biles, probably the most famous, most prominent athlete on Team USA in these Olympics at all. Quite arguably, I think most people probably would agree there's a consensus. She's the greatest of all time in women's gymnastics. She ended up withdrawing midway through the women's team event yesterday. And they're citing a health issue, but her coach said that physically she was fine, and there were some subsequent statements from Biles herself suggesting that this was something to do with her mental or emotional state, that she could not continue to compete. Now, it's unclear if she's going to compete in the individual events coming up later in the week. She said, we're going to wait and see and take it day by day. But obviously, and she said this, this is not conjecture, she said the pressure of being the best in the world and all of the expectations really got to her. She said she's also dealing with some other things. And you never know what's happening in someone's life. So I see some of the takes online of people really ripping into her, saying she abandoned her teammates and all this other stuff. You don't know what someone's situation is. Here's how she addressed part of it earlier. Cut 26. 
Where would you put yourself on a scale of one to ten in terms of how you're feeling physically and emotionally? Um, physically, I feel good. I'm in shape. Um, emotionally, that kind of varies on the time and the moment. You know, uh, coming here to the Olympics and being the head star of the Olympics is not an easy feat. So we're just trying to take it one day at a time, and we'll see. So it very much sounds like she is physically able to compete but she pulled herself out of competition because of something else happening between her ears and in her heart and it's unclear exactly what that is clearly she indicated the pressure is part of it a lot of athletes thrive on pressure when you have the biggest stage and there are expectations that's where the greatest athletes tend to prove their mettle And so that's why I think it's safe to say some eyebrows were raised by this decision. Saying if she's physically capable of competing, but this has to do with her mental or emotional health, there are folks questioning whether that's legitimate, whether that is a good reason to pull out, especially midway through. The team, by the way, ended up meddling but with a silver they lost to the russian team although they're not technically the russian team because they're currently banned they can't use their flag or their anthem because i believe of some sort of scandal doping or something else they're on probation but team usa were i'd say widely expected in this event to win to win the gold and they didn't with simone biles dropping out of that competition and christine i have to say like I think she's amazing. She is unbelievably talented. She does specific moves. That's probably not even the correct term. But she performs feats in gymnastics that other human beings simply cannot do. She's unbelievable. And I'm rooting for her, and I want to cut her slack, and I don't want to pile on or be part of any sort of you know big, judgy crowd. At the same time... I do think it is, at the very least, an interesting topic of conversation about someone... I mean, this is the Olympics, and there's a gold medal on the line, and it's a team event, and to have that stature and to make a choice, a decision to back away, not because you're physically unable to go, but for other reasons, I can understand at least some of the questions that are circulating today. You know, I... I would have agreed with you just a little while ago, especially in our, our, our show meeting. I kind of was on the same, like, wait a second, because you're not doing so well, did you mentally psych yourself out and now you're pulling out? But the more I'm reading and the more I'm hearing from her, and she's actually being very open and actually talking to the press about this, something that we obviously don't know, something is not right. And she knows well enough, she said that she could hurt herself out there because she's not in the right mind frame. Or she could, you know, be harmful to her team and she could have made it worse. So she decided to pull herself out. I think we're going to hear so much more about this. I think that she's going to come through on the other end, honestly, as a hero, as someone that is going to speak up for uh, a lot of people with or people that are struggling mentally, especially in these high-pressured events. Because um, the thing is, I'm, she's I'm done it before. For her. Like, under huge exactly. pressure and bright lights, she's performed over and over again. So it's not like finally she gets to the big time and chokes. That's not what happened here. But it's still yeah. very unusual to see this happen. And she's being, as you say, pretty candid about it. I really hope that whatever it is, she can move past it or get through it. I hope she's able to compete later in the competition and later in the games because she's such a draw and she has so many fans for good reason. I think they would be so disappointed not to see her out there doing what she does better than literally anyone else on earth. And we can only hope and root and maybe pray for her and for the rest of the athletes out there. But, I mean, it is obviously the number one biggest story today, even eclipsing... That gold medal that I just talked about, we played the clip from Lydia Jacoby in women's swimming. But I'm not going to comment further or try to get into too much 
speculation. Let's see how the chips fall moving forward, and we can just root for her and wish her the best. 100%. And with that, we are out of time. Go Team USA. Keep crushing it if you're winning. Right the ship if that's what is needed. The whole country is rooting for you guys. Back here for the Wednesday edition of The Guy Benson Show. Tune in tonight on Kennedy. I'm joining the panel, Fox Business Network, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, have a great evening, and we'll catch you back here on the radio tomorrow. Home stretch on this Wednesday. It's The Guy Benson Show. Well, I saw this story on Twitter, and I had to click. Because, A, I have strong opinions about personal bathing habits and routines. I'd call that like basic sanitary comportment, right? Personal hygiene. And B, these are some pretty high-profile celebrities saying some things that, at least from the tweet, seemed pretty odd. So Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are a couple. I would say that they're A-list celebrities, right? I wouldn't even say that they're B-plus list. I'm not sure if they've done a ton of work recently, but they appear in different things. I've seen even Ashton Kutcher on Shark Tank as a guest shark, which suggests he's made a lot of money, done pretty well. Mila Kunis is the voice of Meg on Family Guy. They may have met, if I recall correctly, on that 70s show, an old Fox comedy. Anyway, they're a celebrity couple. Christine, would you agree, A-list? Oh, yeah, totally. Definitely. Okay. Okay. So they apparently appeared on a podcast called Armchair Expert, and the discussion turned to bathing. And they asked about the bathing habits for them and their family, and apparently they don't do a ton of bathing in that household. Mila Kunis, who is gorgeous, she said, I didn't have hot water growing up as a child, so I didn't shower very much anyway. Okay, this apparently has continued. They do have hot water, I imagine, now, but they've applied this to their kids named Wyatt and Dimitri, who are six and four, respectively. And so now that their kids are no longer babies, they are now, you know, younger children, Ashton Kutcher said that they have a system which is... Quote, if you can see dirt on them, clean them. Otherwise, there's no point. They don't bathe their children unless there is visible dirt on their bodies. And then in terms of his own hygiene habits, Ashton Kutcher says that he washes his armpits and crotch area on a daily basis, quote, and nothing else ever. He says he will throw some water on his face after a workout to get the salts out. He won't shower after a workout. He'll just wash those couple areas, splash some water on his face, and I guess head out into the world. So I was taken aback by this because this seems gross, quite frankly. With all due respect to this couple, and they can raise their kids however they want, the visible dirt standard I found to be pretty shocking. And then I couldn't get over the fact that you have, you know, Ashton Kutcher, who's this good-looking male celebrity who's, you know, out there on red carpets and all this stuff. He will literally go and exercise. He'll work out. He'll sweat. He'll be gross. And he'll just use some water on his face to get the salts out and then go on with his day. I, I'm gobsmacked. I don't even know what to do with that. So, Christine, I don't know exactly what your habits are in this realm, but as a parent and a mother, without judging the choices that they are making for their family, did you have a similar reaction to me here? I did, and you and I don't agree often, but nope, uh, I shower every single day, and even if I wash my hair in the morning and then I decide to do a workout later on, get back in the shower, Uh, that's just me, apparently, but this is 
a big thing. This isn't just them. You know, I've heard other people talk about how they just do what is called a rinse. That, you know, they just maybe wash some parts of their body and the rest just get the rinse and off they go on with their day. And then don't forget the no poo movement that was big Excuse a couple of years ago. I don't no the no poo, poo. Yeah, the no poo movement. Uh, a lot of women were doing where they weren't shampooing their hair. Oh, um, shampoo. I, OK, I was going to say the other thing. I don't really think people have a choice. You can try, but good luck. <laughs> Yeah, you just, you wash your hair with uh, baking soda once or twice a week, and then you just, like, rinse it with uh, some sort of vinegar, and that's it. You never use shampoo or conditioner again. Vinegar? Like cooking vinegar? Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably apple cider, if I had to guess. What? This is the thing? People do this? Yes. It was a huge movement a few years ago. I tried it. It did not work. My husband said, please go back to using the poo, because I looked like poo. <laughs> it was <laughs> so not what, good. what did it do to your hair? It just made my hair look oily and dirty. Like, my hair needed to be washed. I was told by people that I knew that were doing it, oh, you just got to keep going. But I couldn't show up to work anymore the way I was looking. It just, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't pretty. So I mm. went back to the poo. Shampoo, just let's be crystal clear here for the audience i just don't want anyone to get some very bad ideas from producer christine and then send us an angry note about what they've put into their hair but (laughs) i am a big shower guy i don't really like to take baths almost never we have a really nice bathtub at the house in the master bathroom with the jets and all of that i would say i have used it twice in two years total for a bath because in theory The idea of having a bath and having a glass of wine and there's a TV in the bathroom and just relaxing in some bubbles and that sort of thing. I like the concept of it. The execution I don't really like. Plus, what happens is you then get into this little pond, the dirt comes off of you, and then you're just soaking in your own dirt. I don't like that. With the shower, the water comes over you and then goes down the drain and there's a cleaning process. It's not a stewing process. That's just me. I know people swear by baths. I am not among them. I bathe almost never that way. I always do the shower, but I shower a lot. And the reason that I shower a lot is, first of all, I cannot do TV unless I've showered. Because my hair, my bedhead is awful. My hair gets oily and gross overnight. My cowlicks are terrible. I mean, My hair is completely unacceptable for television when I wake up. It needs to be tamed through a shower. And it's sort of like gross and it doesn't have a great texture if I just rinse it. I have to shampoo. So if I've got TV, I will shower prior to that if I've been sleeping at all because otherwise I would look bad. My hair would look terrible on TV. Plus, if it's in the morning, it helps me wake up. It's a good way to start the day. If I don't have TV, I won't bathe when I get up. I won't shower. I'll go through the day, and I'll shower later after a workout. So that's the second part of this. If I exercise, even just for 15 or 20 minutes, I am absolutely, positively taking a shower afterwards, period. I mean, unless I'm literally going to go outside and do more exercise or something and be around no people, and there are no circumstances where that's real, I shower after a workout every single time. Now, maybe I won't fully wash my hair a second time, because I have heard if you wash your hair too often, it's not great. But I'm washing my hair at least once a day. And certainly, for instance, before COVID, I was showering twice a day, typically. Because I had to shower before I showed my face at Fox, I wasn't going to go into the bureau gross and unshowered. So that's number one. Then I would exercise in the evening, which is my routine. And that's shower number two before dinner. So pre-COVID, I was showering on average twice a day. I would say during COVID, it's closer to once a day. But when I've got the double dip of TV and workout and the timing is off, like I have to do TV in the morning or something, it's twice a day. 
period. I mean, it's just not something, it's not really negotiable. It's not even really a preference. I will not look TV ready if I don't shower, and I will not go and have dinner or get into bed sweaty and gross from a workout having not cleaned myself. I just, I don't understand how that would not be just the common, nearly universal practice for those of us who are fortunate enough to have, you know, running water. No, I 100% agree with you, Guy. I I just don't understand this. And like I said before, there are famous people, and I have friends that do this, and I just don't understand it. Um, we are very, very lucky to be able to wash our bodies, and I really suggest it. You know, like you said before, um, sometimes I don't always give the best advice. You know, I'm, I, I push that mama's juice more than anybody, but I'm going to push this. Wash your bodies every day. Get in that shower and wash. Be good for you. See, I have heard, and this is more of a thing for women, I believe. I don't think this is sexist to say. Where women do wash their hair less frequently because some of those natural oils make the hair shinier and more lustrous and more natural looking so they won't wash their hair except for every few days. So they'll bathe, but that's why you have shower caps. You have women who will avoid washing their hair for that reason. Then the follow-up reason is, for me, it takes not long at all for my hair to dry because it's just a dude's relatively short haircut. If you've got long hair, it is a production to get it dry. So it doesn't look all like sticky, and especially in the summer, it's not sticking to your neck and looking scraggly or straggly or anything like that. That's much more of a time investment if you're going to wash your hair, shampoo it, the whole thing if you're a woman. So I can understand being more strategic about it under those circumstances. Or if you're a guy with long hair, right? That that makes sense to me. For me, where I just use a towel and sometimes a blow I hate wet hair so much. I'll blow dry the hair just to get it dry, and then I'll towel it again. And it will look a little bit tousled at that point, but I'm satisfied that it's mostly dry because wet hair is super gross to me. I can't stand it. For women, the calculus is a little bit different. But you said you do it every day. Are you going through the whole process of blow-drying your hair every single day, Christine? No, I mean, I'm lucky right now since I am at home. I'll just get in the shower and then just let it air dry. And some days it it'll do with thing and it's not terrible and then some days it looks like I stuck my finger in an electrical socket and then if I'm going out you know I'll throw it back um but no I I've been lucky but yeah when you know when I was every day at work I maybe every other day I washed I I'm jealous of those girls that I know girls that can go 10 12 days without washing and look phenomenal that is just not me and it probably never will be. So once I get back Here's to work full time. If I so had I- the opportunity, if you told me that I would look like Ashton Kutcher if I only <laughs> washed my armpits and crotch on a daily basis and only washed my face after a workout, I still wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I guess this is just something that is ingrained in me for whatever reason. I have strong feelings about it. And if you're one of these bathe less frequently people, you know, use the shower sparingly or what have you. If, if this is your life hack, go for it. I'm just not sure I want to be standing right next to you. That's just, that's all I'm saying. And you can send me angry tweets and DMs or whatever if you want. Guy P. Benson on Twitter and Instagram. That's my take. I'm sticking to it. I might go take a shower right now. Just on principle. No, I'm going to go exercise and then I'm going to take a shower because I'm a normal human being. Not to call other people abnormal. I'm not passing judgment, but I kind of am. Back here for the Thursday edition of The Guy Benson Show tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Have a great evening. We will talk to you then. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show on this Friday from Austin, Texas. Glad to have you along. So I saw this story from BuzzFeed. It's one of their infamous listicles, but it was one that was irresistible to click on. 27 hit songs that their singers regret, hate, or literally refuse to perform. I was like, okay, I want to read this. And number one, the very first one on this list, 
is from my favorite musical artist, who I've seen multiple times in concert, Billy Joel. And in fairness to Billy, it's not one of his best songs. It's interesting kind of as a mini modern history lesson, but the song itself has never been one of my favorites. Apparently with Billy, uh, he would agree. Listen to just a little bit of We Didn't Start the Fire. We didn't start the fire. It was always he once called it, quote, one of the worst melodies I ever wrote. Also calling it not much of a song and terrible. I mean, that's a little harsh. But it's not near the top of the list for me in the Billy Joel catalog. And I really, truly enjoy most of the catalog. Now, the first concert I ever saw in my life was Billy Joel and Elton John together. We saw Elton John, Adam and I did, down in Australia in his farewell tour, which is still ongoing. But it was down in Australia at the time, back in January, right before the pandemic started. So I've seen him in concert twice, and one of the songs that he is very well known for, I think it's very catchy, but I guess he doesn't really like it. He says, ugh, I've got a bleeping sing that one again. The audience loves it, so it's a guilty pleasure. Here is Crocodile Rock. I guess he hates it, which is kind of sad. I like Crocodile Rock. I'm scrolling through here. This one surprised me because of the sort of iconic collaboration. But Lady Gaga says that she does not like this song in which she paired up with Beyonce. Listen. Telephone. She says, I hate telephone. Is that terrible to say? It's the song that I have the most difficult time listening to. She said it's not really about the song itself, but more with the mix and the process of getting the production finished, which she called stressful. She also hated the music video, apparently. So it sounds more like a creative process issue than really hating the song itself but she has these flashbacks i guess to all the stress and so it's a bad taste left in her mouth now as you go through this list there are a few that jump out at you because it's one of the most famous songs that these people are even known for and they hate so miley cyrus evidently really despises this song How can you hate that song? She shrugs, for some reason, the people love it. (laughs) We the people do, Miley. Party in the USA, it's just a bop. How can you hate that song? Oh, about being nervous, you're moving from Nashville to Los Angeles, and you're out of place, and you've got butterflies in your stomach, but then songs that you like come on and you feel at home. Nothing wrong with that song. With all due respect to Miley, she's just incorrect about this. Now, Ed Sheeran has a couple songs that I really enjoy. He has some classic slow dance songs, for example. I believe two of his slow dance songs have been at the very top of wedding first dances in America now for years running. But one of his big pop hits, I guess he's not a fan of. Listen to this. I'm in love with the shape of you. Shape of You, he says, it doesn't really feel like him. He had to be convinced to even put it on an album. And because it was such a hit, they persuaded him to make it a single. He never liked it. I'm just scrolling through here. Madonna apparently doesn't like Like a Virgin. She's sick of a lot of her old songs, she says. Like Holiday, she also doesn't like. She said she wouldn't perform it unless she was paid $30 million. Oh, you know, it's such a tough life having to play for audiences' songs that they like that made you famous and rich. I know, it's it's so hard. Lord evidently dislikes the song Royals. Does she have other famous songs? She must. But to me, if you ask me, name one song by Lord, the only one I could think of is Royals, and she doesn't like it. She says it's a relic. She 
called herself naive when she wrote it. Huh. Kelly Clarkson has a couple that she doesn't like. Breakaway, maybe not one of her best. Then A Moment Like This, which was her American Idol winning song. I guess she doesn't care for that. I'm not sure if that was written for her. She called it her least favorite of her songs. I mean, it was just sort of a breakout. Then you've got Avril Lavigne. Remember Avril Lavigne? She didn't really... She hasn't really done much in a while, at least publicly. I haven't seen much from her. But her one song that I can think of is complicated. And I won't, and I can't, and I don't, whatever the lyrics are. It's sort of this angsty, whining song. She hates it. She does perform it because the fans like it, she says. I mean, of course, like, if you go to an Avril Lavigne concert, if you're going to pay money, does she do concerts? I don't even know. If you pay money to go see Avril Lavigne perform and she doesn't play her one song, you're going to have a little riot, a mini riot of the tens of people who wanted to hear that song. That was all over the radio for a long time. Nicki Minaj, so this was disappointing to me because I think one of Nicki Minaj's greatest hot jams was Starships. She apparently cannot stand the song, doesn't know why she sang the song. It's good. It is a good song. I don't know what that's about. And then, last but not least, Zane, who is the member who left One Direction first. He basically says he dislikes all of the songs that One Direction did, calling it generic pop. It is generic pop. It's very catchy. He wouldn't have a solo career or really much of anything if not for the... That's the thing. I feel like you've got to at least have an appreciation for what got you here. Like, no one would have heard of Zane if he wasn't part of One Direction, and One Direction was a huge commercial success because people liked their music. I know that he didn't leave on great terms, apparently, from the band, but just to dump all over the full catalog of your boy band, it just seems ungrateful to me. Not just to your fellow bandmates, but to the fans that brought you to the point where you could splinter off and have a solo career, such as it exists for him at this point. I know he's, yeah, he's had a few songs, I think, that I can think of. Anyway, those are some of the songs on this whole list. You can check it out at BuzzFeed. I don't often recommend BuzzFeed listicles, but this one I, I could not look away. I was curious, because it is interesting. I've also heard that Billy Joel gets a little tired of singing Piano Man, because right? it's like constantly... I know people who play at piano bars, for example, they get tired of playing Piano Man. It's like over and over again, constantly requested. But he does it. Billy knows what the people want. At a Billy Joel concert... He's not going to say, hey, listen to my new stuff. He might throw in a tiny bit here or there. He's going to play the hits. People are going to have a good time. They know exactly what they're going to hear. These were monster hits at the time. They have a lot of legs. They've lasted in terms of popularity. The place is packed. He's not messing around. He's not looking down his nose at his own music. He'll even play. I've seen him play We Didn't Start the Fire, even though he hates it, because <laughs> people want to hear it. Christine, were you surprised by any of these? I wasn't surprised by the Billy Joel one because I had read that. Uh, he actually messes We Didn't Start the Fire Up a lot. I've had friends that have oh, the, heard yeah, him the mess lyrics. up the song. Yes, he, he really messes that up. I listened to him once on Stern, and, you know, he downplays a lot of his songs. They, they don't, what you think has so much meaning behind his songs, they really don't have a lot of meaning behind. So that was just a little bit of a disappointment. I once went to a very intimate gathering uh, of huge fans of Phil Collins, and he sang some of his songs, and he told us that he really didn't enjoy singing Sue Sue Studio, and the word actually meant nothing, and he just needed to figure out a hit, and he thought that sounded okay. And my heart crushed into many, many little pieces. So I wish these artists wouldn't say they don't like performing their hit songs because that's just a slap. Yeah, because what if, what if you're, a, if you're a mega fan then you mm -hmm. find out that the person that you idolize and your favorite song they hate, does it take some of the joy out of the fan experience? Maybe, but also, I mean, it's, it's their art, right? It's their stuff. They're allowed to comment on it. But I'm sorry that Phil Collins' obsessives like yourself had a little sad moment there. What's the, what's the song again? S studio? 
Sue Sue Studio. I can't believe you don't know that song. I don't. I I don't know what that is, and I don't care to find out, quite frankly. But anyway, I I thought it was interesting. And again, like some of these people, I almost want to interview them specifically about their objections. How can Miley Cyrus hate Party in the USA? It's such an instantly likable song. Right? How can Avril Lavigne say, oh, I don't like complicated? Her whole thing... Her whole career is around complicated. I mean, she might have one or two other songs that are eluding me at the moment, but that was her song that put her on the map. I just feel uh-huh. like to, to be mad about it or kind of bitter about it, it's just, I don't know. It seems odd to me. It, it would kind of be like if, if someone stopped you, say, somewhere and be like, oh, guy, Benson, I love you. Like, I really enjoy listening to you on the radio. And you're like, ugh, I despise politics. Can't stand it. <laughs> I don't even know why. Or they're like, they're like, we love, we love woke tales. I'm like, boy, I hate woke. In fact, do we have the woke tales song? Oh, it's so good, right? I would never be like, oh, I hate it. We do it because we have to. Takes a big, angry, like, draw, drag on a cigarette, flicks it, and walks away. No. Like, I, I do the stuff on the show because I enjoy it. Anyway, but look, artists are often more temperamental, mercurial. They're allowed to have, especially, that's the thing. Billy Joel, if you have dozens of hits... It's okay to not love every single one of them and occasionally say so. If you have roughly one hit or two, to turn your back on one or both of them strikes me as a strange choice. But, hey, free country. We got to go. It's Friday, meaning it's a party in the USA. From Austin, Texas, I'm Guy Benson. Have a great weekend. Back here on Monday. Should be back home in the swamp. We'll talk to you then. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.